0: NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com earnings right now. NetSuite.com earnings. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. This is the
1: Bloomberg Business of Sports Show, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Scarlett Fu. And I'm Damian Sassauer. Michael Barr is off, which is too bad because on the show today, we're talking about a new deal that the NBA just signed.
2: That's right, Scarlett. The NBA signed a multi-year deal with consumer data firm Stellar Algo. And the league's investment arm actually took an ownership stake in the firm as it's looking to grow its equity portfolio.
1: So let's get more on this transaction from Kim Basin, who's written about it for Bloomberg News. Kim, I didn't realize that the NBA had an investment arm. Can you tell us more about that business, first of all?
3: Yeah, it's pretty new. So uh, the NBA has been investing in companies for, for years and years. But last year, they decided to really formalize that part of their business. So now they're looking to actively gain Equity stakes in in more and more startups, and uh, and and trying, they're trying to grow that portfolio.
1: Okay, so tell us about this latest deal, which is a stake in Stellar Alga, which I believe is uh, Canadian.
3: It is. It's from Calgary. Uh, this firm, it's a consumer data firm. They they track fan data. So this multi year deal is going to allow NBA franchises to have access to to all that fan data, those services for things like e commerce. Ticketing, mm-hmm. venue management, social media, and so on. Uh, so they didn't disclose financial terms in this deal, but but uh, the them taking the NBA taking a meaningful is what they said mm-hmm. equity stake in this company is, is is a pretty is a pretty big deal.
2: Well, Kim, I, for me, you know, what I'm interested in is about this investment arm of the NBA. Apparently, they hired David Lee. And by the way, when we say David Lee, we're not talking about former NBA player, New York Nick and Golden State Warriors. Great David rebounder, Lee. though. We're, right, a great rebounder, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Won a championship with the Warriors, if I'm not mistaken. But we're talking about David Lee, formerly of SK Holdings. That's the second largest David table Lee. of, yeah, exactly, uh, in South Korea. And so, you know, talk to us about what David Lee brings to the table here. I know that the NBA has made some other uh, venture investments, but, you know, talk to us about David Lee, what his... what his role within the company is.
3: Yeah, he's the one going out and getting these deals. Uh, David Haber is the NBA's chief financial officer, and I chatted with him back in October. And he basically declared that, hey, we're the NBA, and we are open for business. And through this new NBA equity division, uh, David Lee is searching across all these categories. So uh, sports is pretty broad, right? Sports Mm -hmm. can be anything media, fitness, fantasy, merchandising, and th- this latest one is, is fan engagement, right? Uh, so th- having it be such a, a, such a broad thing uh, uh, allows a lot of flexibility here for the NBA to get into all sorts of different businesses.
1: Do we know how much money is at David Lee's disposal to spend?
3: We do not, it's, it's unclear. I, I heard from a, a, a source that so far in its history, the NBA has invested in about 20 companies, mm-hmm. and the value of all those equity stakes put together is uh, approaching a billion. So
2: Kim, then you know, take me through some of those holdings. I know they own uh, New Era, which is basically those fifty nine fifty hats, right? Those 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 cool caps. But you know, there's others like Zigazoo and Sorare. I mean, like, when did the NBA start really making these investments? I mean, what is the? I, I mean, is there any color as to what the return on investment of that portfolio even looks like over time, or are we just speculating here? a lot of these
3: are they're very strategic right they want these investments to be able to affect the the game like on on the court off the court the the, the team's ability to do business uh, I'll give you an example from a few years ago was uh, next style smart fabrics. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what those fabrics do, <laughs> but like it the, sounds you, high but tech. It, but it sounds high tech, and, it, and it's certainly an on-court thing that that they're that they're that they're interested in. Uh, the, another one is like uh, Quint Events. That's an event management firm which helps with with venue management. Mm-hmm. These are all things that somehow fit into the NBA's puzzle.
2: So Kim, let's get back to Stellar Algo. I mean, I was just looking, and it looks like the firm, the Canadian startup, as you mentioned, raised something on the order of 16.5 million last year year in funding. So that gives you a sense of just how small this company is, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. and so, you know, I mean, we're not talking about, I mean, compared to the size of the NBA and some of its lucrative contracts with networks across the world, I mean, this doesn't sound like a whole hell of a lot of money. You know, how does this move the needle for them? I guess it, you're right. I mean, does this really, are these strategic investments designed to kind of improve the overall experience for the NBA's audience? Or are they trying to make a return on investment here?
3: I think they're strategic investments, too. Uh, to improve the NBA's relationship with its fans, its it, its audience, and, and the on-court product, uh, yeah, like big exits would be nice. But, <laughs> but and and uh, they said that. They're really looking at early-stage deals, but the the mandate is that if there's a big thing out there that the NBA should be involved in, they're allowed to go do it. The David Lee, the, the, the guy running this, is allowed to to pitch that up and uh, see if the league is interested.
1: You wonder if they're going to maybe start taking stakes in streamers or any of the media companies that may eventually broadcast some of those NBA games in, on different platforms.
3: 2K is one of the big uh, esports out there, so who knows? The, uh, the, the the basketball video game.
1: Yeah, well,
2: I mean, I, I think also in terms of, of developing, you know, the content, right? You know, development leagues, you know, um, you know, uh, the youth, you know, social media. I think that's going to be a big area of investment also. But again, what do I know? We're just speculating here, Kim. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, look, for me, it's just going to be interesting to see how David Lee kind of executes his mandate, right? I mean, he's never done this before. I mean, the NBA has never done this before. And, you know, I mean, I guess if you look to the NFL and some other, you know, kind of leagues for as a frame of reference, I mean, it seems pretty unique to me, no?
3: The NBA is typically ahead of the other leagues with virtually everything. Like, they, they, they're they more willing to try out new things. They're more, more willing to take risks. You see this in, like, sponsorships, for example – uh, they were they were early in on on crypto, and they were early in on these these are, these are risky things that that mm-hmm. they've accepted into their in, into the the culture of the NBA. So going out and and pursuing these kinds of deals, it seems like it's in their DNA.
1: I like the way you put that that this is part of their culture. Um, by that measure, would the NFL be kind of the most conservative in terms of uh, you know? moving ahead with how it can expand its empire?
3: Yeah, by far. Uh, the NFL is usually last on something because they have uh, the most to lose yeah. and they're the biggest. So uh, looking back at, again, sponsorships, they didn't allow spirits companies to to advertise until just a few years ago. Sports betting was, was last in the NFL, too. So th- these are things that are uh, that the NBA has always been ahead on, but it's, it's of course riskier.
1: How much of that reflects um, Adam Silver and just how he approaches managing the league versus the ownership of NBA teams and what they're looking for,
3: I think Adam Silver has to. Uh, he's also the voice of, of yeah. the owners, so, so, so he speaks on their behalf. So, so they're they're in discussions all the time. Uh, I think this goes back beyond the uh, current two commissioners of 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 these two leagues, and, and it really is is a cultural thing that, that that goes back for for decades.
4: Success is more than a destination; it's a path you take one step at a time.
0: Well, if
2: I'm, re- I'm hearing correctly about Stellar Algo, I mean, it allows NBA players to make, you know, personalized, customized marketing campaigns. I wonder if they can't sort of parlay this into what's going on in college basketball with NIL and and and, and all that. I mean, I wonder what your thoughts are there. Oh, it's so messy in college. I don't know <laughs>
3: what is. You see that story about
2: Florida yeah. recently?
3: Uh, a, a booster collective uh, was, was promised uh, quarterback thirteen million dollars over four years to play for the Florida Gators. Apparently, that deal fell apart, so now he's trying to get released from the Gators. It's it's such it's such a mess that I don't know mess. how they're going to be able to. Yeah, to they need some the
2: sort mess. of federal legislation. Everyone's been calling for it, but you know we we saw we certainly know about the divide there and getting something. We done can't at the federal even level. figure
1: out how to pay the bills that we owe, let alone <laughs> something on name, image, and likeness for college athletes. Come on.
3: Yeah, it's, it's 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 pretty tough.
1: All right, Kim, I also want to bring in another story that you've written, and it's also about backing sports-related startups. There's a VC firm that is uh, creating a fund specifically to invest in sports-related startups. Tell us about that. They're
3: called Courtside Ventures. They, they just raised a $100 million fund from uh, companies like Dick Sporting Goods, a bunch of team ownership groups, including the Golden State Warriors, Atlanta Hawks, it's it's interesting because this is their third fund. Oh. Uh, all three have been focused on sports. The two, first two were smaller. This is by far the biggest one. And again, they're they're keeping this sports focus. And and talking to the partners there, they they said you know ten years ago, even before they started this fund, uh, they they were interested in sports and they went to investors and they asked them you know. Would you like to get in, get involved in this business? Everyone said no. Everyone shut them down. Sports does not have that kind of.
1: They were not interested. They huh. were,
3: yeah, no, institutional investors were not interested in sports. At all, so they work to like broaden the definition there and and help convince people. It was just you know team owners who are people who had kids who who are playing college sports that that kind of thing, and, and athletes themselves of course want to invest in sports. Uh, that's changed over the years, and and I think this this fund, even though it's 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 only about a hundred million dollars, is is evidence of that that the interest is growing in this whole category.
2: Yeah, and courtside ventures. I mean, let's be clear. I mean, they have investments already pre-existing in the athletic, right, in StockX. X, and which racing. got sold to the
1: New York Times. by yeah, the way.
2: I mean, so they know what they're doing. They've been through the ringer a few times here. What I think is most interesting is the other investors. You know, um, you know, Shaquille O'Neal, Larry, Larry Fitzgerald. It seems it seems like they're in a pretty good niche. They're they're in a pretty good part of the market. And look, I mean, to be raising money for sports venture, I mean, given all the competition out there, I'm sure it can't be easy.
3: Oh, absolutely. And I think the athletic was the uh, was really a good uh, uh, point for them to make. Like th- mm-hmm. that was a extremely successful. Uh, venture for them. Um, StockX was also good. That's a that's a sports related product. Yeah. It's sneakers and 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 it's absolutely part of this of this ecosystem. They also have the, uh, a stake in a drone racing league, <laughs> which I have not checked up on recently. <laughs> it seems like every time I come on here, we talk about some weird sport, <laughs> and and today it's it's the drone racing league. That is a new I, one. I for I'll us. bet you
2: Turkey's pretty good at that. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, but seriously, I mean it's pretty unbelievable. I mean, you know, with all that's going on, we hear about um, pickleball. We hear about we. Have we had, um, you know, Jonathan Soros on, we had Jonathan Patrickoff on, all of which are talking about these new leagues, you know, female sports, you name it. You know, it's really kind of interesting, you know, just where, where Courtside is. And, and and yeah, it seems like their investments are focused on that uh, element of the game.
1: I want to go back to what you said about how when they first started doing this 10 years ago, there wasn't a whole lot of interest. What was the turning point? What was the catalyst that made everyone sit up and say, yeah, now I want to get into backing um, sports investments? Was it just media rights going through the roof? <laughs>
3: I think I think media rights are certainly a big part of it. You're you're seeing over the past I don't know what seven to ten years, it, it they've really skyrocketed. So so you're just seeing more money slosh around, and and I think you're you're seeing more success stories, right? Mm-hmm. And you're seeing more more startup sports themselves. Uh, exists now and able to. This isn't the era of like arena football, where the yeah. <laughs> like the secondary versions of these sports have no chance whatsoever to survive because the NFL just squashes them under its thumb. Uh, now we have uh, so much more. Uh, people are consuming through through. Every channel and and there's just so much content out there that, that people want to watch.
2: I think Scarlett makes a great point. You know, I mean this is based on successful exits, right? And recoveries and return on investment, which we now have a bit of a body of work that we can look at, but I think True. it's also very indicative of the market we're now coming out of this this age of uh, <laughs> of non-normalization, of moderation, call it what you will. But I think it's gonna be interesting to see, you know, if they can continue along this pace, if there's still an interest for some of these properties going forward, if we are indeed as the markets project going into a recession.
1: Right. Demand for assets um, that are not correlated with the equity market, the bond market, the commodity market,
3: and we left out one big thing here:
2: sports betting. <laughs> yes, yes. The legalization of sports betting has, NIL.
1: has
3: changed this whole this whole
2: so industry. true. Yeah, but even that industry is basically consolidating, and a lot of these smaller operators, you know, um, Sports Illustrated, you know, is one that comes to mind. You know, they, they, they even they with basi- that brand name. Yeah, they 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 can't hack it, right? Because it's really dominated by FanDuel, by DraftKings, by Caesars, by MGM. I mean, it's the big four, and then everybody else. Talking to courtside about what
3: they're interested in. And they were looking forward at, at at new sports betting ventures internationally yes. as well, because uh, if you can get in before uh, it's legalized there, then you have a huge head head start on everyone. So it's
1: else. too late in the U.S. In other words, they they want to look ahead to where it is in Asia or Australia or
3: India cricket. Yeah, yeah. you buy like a daily fantasy cricket company somewhere, and then, <laughs> and then and then suddenly it's legal to, to bet on your phone, and uh, yeah, you have a huge head start. Number.
2: Kim, and the, uh, Scott's going to have to start an NDA with us before she finds out about our Cricket uh, application. Oh, no, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Oof>, we got <laughs>
1: We'll talk off air, rack. guys. <laughs> <laughs> Kim Bassine thank you so much. Kim Bassine covers celebrities and athletes. He kind of has uh, the dream job here at Bloomberg, um, so he's always getting a, a hold of these uh, extra interesting deals and, and talking to interesting investors. Kim, really appreciate your joining us today anytime this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast I'm Scarlett Foo along with Damian Sassauer be sure to catch us here each and every Monday Wednesday and Thursday where we explore the world of money and sports it's a never-ending circus and of course you can catch me on Twitter at Scarlett Foo and I'm on Twitter at D Sassauer you are listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world
4: do you love Elon Musk do you hate Elon Musk From Bloomberg Business Week, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.